Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel and Adam for another episode. I guess this this we haven't decided what this is called, but we're talking about RoboCop <laughs> 2. And last week we talked about RoboCop 1. And uh, we normally do Horror Express together. I don't know. It, I, I, I don't know I, how some this we'll have to give this a name, but <laughs> this is just our RoboCop discussion. And so we're doing part two. Um, I'm very curious to hear what my uh, fellow podcasters think about this movie. Um, I have a lot of opinions on it, um, <laughs> but uh, this was 1990. It was directed by who? Ivan Kirshner. Is that who directed mm -hmm. this one? Uh, mm, and yeah. it obviously stars Peter Weller and Nancy Allen. Uh, this one was written by, was it Frank Miller and is it Waylon Green? Is that how you say his name? I think so. All right. Well, if I got it wrong, I apologize. But uh, but I think the, the key name there is Frank Miller. That's the person that people <laughs> usually see and go, oh, OK. Uh, and so uh, I'm not going to I don't do we want to talk about the plot. Is this a, a, an obscure enough movie that people need the plot discussed or are I we OK? I think to so. I, I think we could use a refresher course on the plot. OK, so. So, Joel, why, since you're partial to this one and you're the reason we're doing this podcast, can you give yes. like a quick one paragraph? And I emphasize one paragraph. There's uh, a synopsis. lot on this movie. Yeah. So it, it is kind of difficult to put it in one paragraph. But basically, there's yeah. this new drug called Nuke that's hit the streets of New Detroit and it's causing quite a stir. The police are still striking. Um, uh, the. Well, what is that? CompU Global? I can't remember what they're called. Uh, Omnicore. Omnicore is trying to buy Detroit because they've defaulted on their debt. And in, in the midst of all of this chaos, this 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 cult of nuke manages to tear ro poor Robocop to shreds. They build a new Robocop out of the cult leader after they put Robocop back together and he more or less kills him. And he goes on a rampage and they put their best spin team on it. Uh, Omnicore managing to just weasel out of any actual long-term... Uh, um, consequences for their horrific and mind-numbing evil yet again. Um, Robocop rediscovers his humanity while well, by kind of losing it and, and accepting his new role. Um, yeah, a lot's going on in this movie. It's very Frank Miller. It's very Sin City. It's very, very cool. Yeah, I... So, I, I, I again, it's been a while since I've seen it. The last time I saw it, I think, was 2005. I remember watching it before a D&D &D game uh, when I had a group of friends over, and that was the last time that I saw it. Uh, I, I still think it's a sloppy movie. It definitely is messy. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of all over the place. I think Adam, you were saying something similar. I think it's a very entertaining movie though. And I, I think it's a funny movie and I like a lot, I like, I like a lot of the details. Um, and I don't know, it, I, I guess the way I would describe it is to me, it feels kind of well-written, but not as well shot as the original RoboCop. The original RoboCop was very, it was 90 minutes. It was tight. It it kind of felt like a, a streamlined concept from beginning to end. And this one felt way more frantic and uh, like it was like filled with different ideas. And sometimes yeah, those I, ideas were competing with each other for attention and for resolution. Yeah, um, I feel like we got like two and a half sequels with this sequel. Yeah. Oh, I feel like, yeah, you can definitely feel that there were a whole bunch of different drafts of the screenplay by different people and people just kept layering on and <laughs> and there's, yeah, it's, it, nothing quite gets enough room to breathe, in my opinion. But, it's long, too, is it? Isn't it almost three hours, this movie? Or no, no, two is an hour and 55 minutes. And now, I'm sorry, I meant, I, meant, I meant to say two hours, not three hours. Um, oh. uh, yeah, three hours would have been way, way too much. Um, <laughs> 
No, yeah. no, but I mean, it's it's much longer than the first RoboCop. So I think that's part of it. I don't know if you could have cut this down, though, because I think if you gave it the streamlined feel of RoboCop, it would have lost its essence. Do you know what I mean? Because its essence is is somehow connected to all that messiness. It's like, a, um, like, I don't know, like this is a movie where it's like the ideas are very fun. It's it's taking a lot of chances. And I think that's the enjoyable side of it um and the first robocop is is almost it's kind of sounds ridiculous to say this but it's more stately do you know what i mean it's 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 uh it, it, it's, it's got much a much better directed definitely yeah and directed and acted is better in that i believe yeah i was well how let's let's go with the acting first because it's the same actors for the most part right so what what mm -hmm. um what, like in terms of the acting differences what did you notice adam I think it was part. Like I said, I think I think it's really a direction issue more because like even actors that were in the previous ones, they're well. For, I you got to go into acting and characters too. I've kind of got to go into both topics. Like for example, uh, I'm blank on his name. The boss of the company, that the CEO. Oh, uh, it's like we'll just call him the old man. We'll call him the old man. The, the old, old man. man. We'll call him the perfect. Yeah, the old man in the first movie was a great character. He was really interesting because he kind of. He was he was intimidating, but at the same time seemed kind of he, he kind of cultivated this attitude of wisdom and being above everything. And yeah. it's like clearly he knows all the evil things these companies doing, but he keeps like one step removed from everything. Like he can fire Dick Jones when it's done, whereas yeah. In this movie, he has got his hands dug into. It's like, oh, oh, we're gonna tell the mayor we're taking over the city with our evil plan. Let me deliver that, you know. It's like, oh, we're gonna put, you know, killer brains in in robots. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me be right there on the front lines. And it, I felt it like ruined the the interesting thing about the character. The only scene where it felt like the old man from the previous movie is the last scene he's in, where he's kind of. Like, oh, let's blame this all on on this, okay. this this person. That was the only time where I felt like, oh, oh, okay, there's one scene in this movie where he's the actual character from the previous movie. And I felt like every other scene he was just generic evil 80s movie CEO was uh was my take. But I kind of liked there, him in this movie, but I agree with you that he, they they destroy the character. Like um, he's fine. He's fine. If he were just playing generic 80s CEO, it's a good performance. It's just in the context of I, I would have liked this movie more if I hadn't just rewatched. I, I think I think yeah. it's I think it's sort of a product of there is no real Dick Jones in this movie. And because there's no Dick Jones, they had to make him. And what's the number two guy's name? Um, I can't remember his name, but the guy from um, the guy that was in Dirty Harry is uh, the number two. Well, uh, but they have yeah. to basically become the the evil face of the company now, uh, along yeah, with the woman. Uh, have they have, that, yeah, uh, the woman. Yeah, you have the plot line of the woman trying to usurp the guy who's the Smithers. Yeah. You know, and yes. that's kind of trying to play the same beats. But I mean, I I just that that was another thing. It's like that character's motivation. The the woman who comes in, who's uh, it's like. Let's put killer brains in there. It's just it's like it just felt like it's a crazy like I felt like every motivation in the previous movie made sense for that character. She's just like, yeah, we're going to we're going to I'm going to be an evil scientist. and I'm going to put killer brains in here because they're psychopaths. And it was just like, it's why? 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 why no, so here's happening? the thing. I I agree with you, but I also 
liked those things, if that makes sense. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, th I think that you're making very valid points. Like, none of that would have happened in the original Robocop. In the original Robocop, yeah. like I said, it was too stately to do those kinds of things. And this movie is sort of like, well, fuck that. We're going to kind of, <laughs> we're going to kind of just, I want, like, like, there's something very charming about this lady that's like, hey, let's use the brains of murderers because the cops, maybe they just, maybe the problem is that we've been using cops and now we need to use criminals instead. And, you know, who better than people that would jump at the chance for immortality um, rather than just, clinging I to mean... their humanity? Um, so I, I think, I think what the movie does is it kind of gets, it gets way more schlocky, number one, way more schlocky. But it also uses that schlockiness to explore really interesting ideas, but not in a cogent way like the first. The first movie is laser focused on its premise, on its on the ideas that it's managing. Everything sort of flows in the right direction. It's 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 well shot and all that. And this one, it's just like all of these insane different ideas being thrown at you. And the thing is, yeah. I just feel too, it's like in the previous one, it's just even even watching it over and over again, the way it unfolds, it's just there's this level of surprise to it. Like yeah. the final scene where it's like, oh, you're fired. Now we can shoot him. It's like, that's such a great surprising ending the first time yeah. you see it. And I can even enjoy the surprise on repeat ones. Whereas this movie ends, RoboCop 2 goes on a rampage and RoboCop has to stop him. Because it turns out putting killer brains in there will make him be a crazy killer robot. And it's like, 20 minutes into the movie, you know what the final scene is going to be, and you know exactly yeah, yeah. how it's going to be. Yeah, I agree. Though I will say, him taking I, uh, the brain out and smashing the brain, there's something that, very satisfying about that. That, that uh, yeah, the, the, this movie, the movie's saving grace is at least it's pre-CGI. That, 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 yeah. that, that does give it a lot of benefit. I will I, praise it up. Yeah, I it's do real think Eric House and Charm in that RoboCop 2 fight. This one also, yes. I think... Yeah, I agree. Okay. Where, where I think this I one be, also rivals, where I think this one rivals the first one too is I think that it's uh, it's corporate satire is it's is at a very similar level of astuteness in terms of the things that it's picking up on. It's a little bit more brazen and over the top with certain things, but mm -hmm. I love like, like the whole thing where they where they reprogram uh, RoboCop to be you know, like that. That was brilliant. Oh man, and that, that was and that's, that's still. That goes back to the feeling about multiple screenplays, though, because I feel like I feel like the idea of programming RoboCop to be nice was a funny idea, but it didn't make sense coming from the woman who did it, who wants to use psychopaths as it's like yeah, we need to make them I, more I psychopathic. I'm like, too. why, why, why did she do that? What's saw, what's her? So here, what is she doing? I was thinking about that. <laughs> I think her motivation there, if she had one, was she was trying to derail the RoboCop program. So that's her, do you know what I mean? She wanted to kind of, because I, because they were resisting. Remember when he got pulled apart, they're like, well, it's going to cost millions of dollars. I don't know if we can, you know what I mean? They were just like dragging their, their, their feet with it. And so I think that was her way of like, okay, if you, if, if we're going to do it, we're just going to make them totally useless type of a thing. Um, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't make, but it was funny. It was really funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. I just felt like it could have, uh, could have got done more. As far as the acting thing, too, going back to that, I feel like uh, uh, Nancy Allen's character, uh, I can't think of her character's name, his, his partner. Uh, Lewis. Lewis, like, right. Lewis. Yeah, I feel like they had such an interesting chemistry in the first movie. Yeah. And that just is not here. At yeah. yeah, I agree. I, 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 I agree. It's just like she's, 
I, when, I, when, I, when she first popped up in the movie, I'm like, oh, good. She's in this. I, I couldn't remember if she was in it because I don't, I, could, I really can't even remember my first time watching this. And and I was like, oh, good. She is in this. And then it's like, wait, but this this isn't working like the first one at all. She's just kind of there. And I mean, the most, the, the, only, the only real scene they gave him together is when he's kind of got the happy chip in and where he's not being RoboCop. Well, yeah. not being, not being Murphy. So I don't know. That, that's another complaint I have there. But no, I'll let well, you say I, some good things now, Joel. Okay. I, I feel the need to stick up a little bit for this movie because this movie is about yeah. exploring characters and about changing them. Like, that's, like, the uh, central thesis of the movie is every character in this movie goes through some significant change or is different from the first movie in some significant way. Like uh, Brennan was saying, like, you know, we, we've got the higher-ups that have kind of fallen now to the level of Dick yeah. Jonesy dastardly villainy. And, <laughs> in, in you know, you've got the main villain of the movie, you know, I, I forget his name, but, like, the guy who's... Kane, Kane. That's I like Kane. Kane. Kane was a good villain, Kane, I thought. Well acted. He's a great foil Kane for was a good villain. He tears him to pieces. He outsmarts him. Yep. And when he finally gets killed, he's changed fundamentally and yep. turned into this ascendant yet degenerate version of himself. And all the characters go through something like that. I will admit some characters are caricatures and are more functional uh, in the movie and less character. You know, like evil mad scientist lady. She's pretty one note. I'll grant you that. But I think that this movie... Like it, it takes that theme and it it focuses it on Murphy, who gets to change the most in the movie. Um, it's weird because he's kind of a he's sort of a side character in his own movie in a lot of ways. We only sort of yeah, see yeah. glimpses of what's going on with him, but every glimpse yeah. is really interesting. We see him like like fighting with his memories of humanity, and he's rediscovered his wife here, and he's like kind of stalking her. And like the people that made him are like, you're haunting this woman. You're tearing her apart. You're making her think her husband's alive, but you're not. You're a few bits of biological matter in a robot. Like you're a ghost. I man. like that oh, scene. Oh. I like that scene because they're like, you're a machine, and that there's something. Very, and, and and he's saying, I'm a machine, and you can see that it's over the top. There's a tear in his eye as he's saying, I'm a machine, or whatever. But <laughs> I really thought that was an effective scene. It, it is. It was a good scene, but it didn't connect to much else in the movie as much. It does, though. Like I said, it, it, it does, and I'll, I'll okay. tell you why it does. Because, okay, so he has to reject uh -huh. his humanity in that scene in an act of supreme humanity. Later on, he's torn to pieces. Again, they're disassembling the idea of the character. When he's rebuilt, it's all the robot. He's no longer in control at all. And he's got to make another sacrifice and fry himself. And then, okay. like... Just time and again, and again, that's the same problem, two different angles. He tried to just be, you know, just be Murphy for a while. It didn't work. He tried to just be the cop for a while. It didn't work. And after that scene, there's a fusion of the characters that didn't exist before. He goes out and he beats the main villain after that, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's able to actually beat Kane. And so when Robocop 2 shows up, like, he's more confident. He takes it on, like, a more complete person. That's why the last line of the movie where it's like, well, we're only human makes so much sense for him. It's like he's he's come to terms with this new identity that he has. And that's kind of your, uh, that's our arc as the people that are watching this movie. We've got to kind of come to terms with the fact that this has changed and different. I mean, it's even a different director. The first thing you see after that is the smash cut of the new director right in your face is the first credit. <laughs> like, it's different now. It is. But, I mean, it was still something interesting, wasn't wasn't it? We kind of fused the best elements of this new vision and the old stuff. And I mean, they I did. It's a good movie. I just don't think it rises to the level of the first movie, but I do think it's a good movie. And I also, I mean, I kind of agree with both of you there. I find that, I think where I agree with Adam is that they introduced this whole thread about the wife. 
it's clear that the wife doesn't agree with what the men were saying. She wa- she she thinks it's him and she wants him to she, and it is him. Like you get the feeling that like mm-hmm. if they were able to they would be able to form some kind of connection that might have meaning. Um and then they just kind of drop it. You know what I mean? Like the wife doesn't appear again in the movie. And so on that hand, I think that that's where the, it just doesn't feel like it connects to anything. But I think Joel is right that thematically it kind of ties in with the whole it, thing where. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 kind of thing where I feel like you have to meet it halfway. I feel like, yeah, it's there. The pieces are there. I think, you know, you can't can't really blame anyone on this because I kind of looked at some of the production stuff and it was like. You know, they had these multiple screenplays. They threw it in. They put a production. They put a release date out for the movie and said, before they even started shooting it, and said, "Hey, you got to have this done by this date." And so I feel like, I feel like everyone was scrambling with this movie, and I think I think everyone did do the best they could. So there are, are a lot of there are. I, I can see, and I get why Joel likes it because it's like there are a lot of cool ideas in here, and I'll single out. You know, if you're just going to watch one scene from this movie, just go to YouTube and find the little montage of failed RoboCop 2. Yeah. That is, yeah. I I absolutely love that. That was fantastic. But uh, that was that was on par with the first movie, like that mm-hmm. that little yeah. section. That was yeah, really moments like that, this movie is like, it, it finally breaches yeah. through. They're not all like that, but like yeah. the scene where Kane as RoboCop 2 goes and, and kills his old gang, like that's beautiful. <laughs> He's, he's like this giant, you know, like animatronic stop motion thing stomping around. And they do this brilliant thing where they, they get put floodlights on his front. So you're just <laughs> these blinding lights in this dark room. And you feel the sense of the weight of this huge monstrous machine moving yeah. around. Um, the fact they had a little kid who became a drug czar and yes. dies. That's my favorite. I love that so much. The fact they had the, the, the fat scummy cop get put on an operating table yeah. ripped apart by a surgical day and like the canes are like turning the kid's head like no you must watch like this movie had some wonderful frank millery moments in it yeah it, ha- are, it has a lot know. of cool de- the details are really cool and, and again i think it's i think it's it's about as good of a robocop sequel as you could have ever gotten do you know what i mean like yeah. i can easily imagine it have been 10 10 to 30 times way worse than this um like that's my first thought is they yeah. could have went that direction with it that would have been a nightmare um, what direction that PG direction. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that could have been what we got because we got that in the third one. I think. We? Yeah. I gotta say though, it does, it does, it does drift that way a bit. Like I felt the violence in RoboCop One was generally jarring. There was no yeah. moment where I really felt. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the you got like exciting action movie violence, but there was no moment in this where I'm like, oh my god, you know, this the equivalent of Murphy getting killed or the 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 well, that's uh, hard to the guy, talk the guy with the toxic yeah. waste getting hit by the truck. There's just so no good. really good Wait, punchy. They, they showed they showed Kane's brain and spinal column and eyeballs in a like in a giant glass. Yeah, tube. Okay, like I'll they take that back. Like like they'd be on... smashing his brain. I mean, oh, like. Sorry, well, I mean, there's a lot of like great body horror in it, so it's it's a different kind of thing. There's not as much squid. I'll grant you that. There's not as much, yeah. experience. but it, it, RoboCop yeah. gets torn to shreds. There's a lot of like torture yeah. porn kind That's of stuff. That's true. There. I mean, yeah, yeah it's just not right. done. I, the violence is there. It's just not as impactful as it was in RoboCop One. I think. I think that's exactly. the difference. I think there's a lot of violence in this movie and a lot well, of like extreme a... things. But the, the first movie. They, they do a good job of setting up the violence in a way where it's more like the scene where the guy gets cut up the center. That's pretty graphic. 
You know what I mean? And that's mm. and also he's like the funny guy. And whenever you see the funny guy get attacked in that way, it's 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 a little bit more uh, hard to deal with. But I I do think that like nothing comes close to Murphy being killed in the first one. Like that is shocking at a level that's so hard to achieve. Um, well, and also, this movie has a different tone. Back with the guy getting blown to pieces by a 209, which is a scene it, you laugh at, you know? Well, this movie is way yeah. more schlocky, yeah. so the tone is more schlocky. So when, when there is violence, you're watching it through that lens. RoboCop mm-hmm. 1 has humor in it, but it's 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 it doesn't... There are long stretches of the first RoboCop that feel very serious, and you don't... Do you know what I mean? It's not... You're 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 invested in it in a different way, I think, than a movie like this, where you're kind of part of the entertainment is how amusing some of the ideas are, right? Like the like, oh, there's yeah. a there's a boy that's a drug czar, like that's yeah. novel. Do you know what I mean? Oh, look at this cop. It's kind of like uh, it's 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 like um uh uh I don't know. He's it, like some '80s comedian was 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 pulled off the street and put into a cop uniform right like 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 he's got like a lenny clark type of feel right like he does kind of there's yeah. sort of classic kind of slapsticky kind of energy to that guy which yeah. it makes yeah and, and seeing that guy get like sliced up is uh, is pretty grim and, I don't, there's, there's like a psychological element to the violence in this that's lacking in the first but, the first but also is the, humor violence, is the, the, the humor is entertaining like the whole scene where he's like he doesn't get that he's about to get killed the whole time. Do you know what I mean? He's like, he doesn't believe. He's like, oh, okay, you got me. He just is like so, like everybody that's watching the movie knows what's going to happen to him, but he doesn't get it. And that's kind of the funny, the funny element. You know what I mean? Um, well, I always thought it was kind of pitiful and hopeless. Like is, I, I found that really shocking. Mind you, the first time I watched this, I was like eight. So, okay. so like maybe, maybe it had an impact on little Joel. Um, also, man, people were nuts with the like, kids watch back when I was a kid. <laughs> when um, I, I watched the Siskel and Ebert review last night, because every time we do a movie like this, I try to watch old reviews or whatever. And it was That's funny. Cool. One of the things that they picked up on was they really didn't like the kid as the drugs are. And their rationale was it's a rated R movie, but kids still get to go in and see it. And now they're going to have this character that they're going to identify with. And I remember thinking, like, when I was grizzly, yeah. Uh... Well, when I was a kid, I don't. I mean, I probably wasn't a kid when I saw this because when did this come out, nineteen nine. So I was like yeah. fourteen. So maybe that's not quite a kid. But when you're young and you watch a movie like this, the last person you identify with is the young person in the movie. Oh yeah, no. you want to be RoboCop. You want to be <laughs> Arnold. You want to be like why, the adults in the room. Why, why right? do grownups so, always assume kids want to be like the kid? Nah, dude, I don't want to be yeah. Robin. Robin sucks. I want to be Batman. Yeah. They, and the kid, yeah, he's just kind of like a corny character. I don't, I, so I don't understand the criticism. Yeah, he's got like the, the greasy, slick back hair, and he's like yeah. trying to talk all tough to the uh, the prostitute girlfriend. Like, there's an element of like kind well, of, like, again, it's a very Frank Miller kind of comedy. There's like a black yeah. comedy to it, but yeah, it's funny. Well, the reason why I find it funny is because you know, at any point, any of them could pick him up and slam him against the wall and say, "No, I'm not going to listen to you." And yeah. it's a well, little bit believable when Kane is still kid. alive. Because you're like, oh, well, Kane has his back. So that's why people let him do what he's doing. But when Kane's gone, it's like yeah. all he has, she can just take those drugs from him and and, <laughs> and use them. Or she doesn't need him. So that's why I find it funny. Um, yeah, there's an element of like and the movie knows like it frames yeah. that as kind of absurd. It even has the the characters that go there to grovel for money, like the pathetic mayor, who is another character I adore in this movie. Yeah, he's funny. He's um, funny. He's, he's great. I, um, 
I love how upset he gets when they when they when the default happens and he's at the uh, the OCP meeting and he just freaks out and they're just like and what's funny too about that is I love the the use of the lawyer throughout the movie especially with everything that was going on with the OGL Adam I thought that the lawyer sort of being like nope we've we've got you like you know it just it just really reminded me of that kind of level of you know we're just going to exploit the loopholes yep. in the law, but when the law doesn't work, we're going to fall back on being criminals. You know, it was just kind of this. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, the the mayor was great, and uh... but also with that kid, he kind of got like a, um, his send off when he dies was actually a little bit moving. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I felt like they established that that child reminds Robocop of his own son, and so that character is kind of a weird window into that part of RoboCop. I was just uh, glad he was dead. He was a jerk. <laughs> My honest opinion. He, he, he was a jerk. I, he's definitely <laughs> a <little laughs> jerk. <laughs> uh, just like, I don't know. But, uh... Oh, yeah, you, 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 didn't, you didn't find the, the moment when RoboCop was like, I'll stay here with you. That didn't... No, nope, that did, did not <laughs> work for me at all. I was just like, eh. <laughs> Why do I care about this kid? I, I liked me. that scene. I thought that was a good scene. But I, I, uh, but I think my favorite part of the movie though is Kane. I like the yeah, Kane, Kane character. Yeah, good. He's I, a great villain, man. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like honestly, what you know, as far as things, if they'd had more time and weren't so rushed, because I kind of did, did looked up that you know information about that character. It was basically the actor Noonan. It was his idea to give him the whole kind of like religious hippie kind of background. It was originally just going to be a conventional drug dealer character. And I'm like, man, I, it's, it's a cool idea and they do so little with it. I'm like, aside from his performance, I'm like, I wish, I wish they had a little more time to expand on that. They did. They did. But the producers apparently didn't like his performance and they didn't like him. And so I I might be getting this wrong, but I, 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 I looked it up last night and there was something about, Something about either the production company or the producers not liking his performance, and so they whittled it down because oh, you can. T- and I think okay. you can see that there was definitely more to it. Just based yeah, on what get like I, in the early scenes, I'm like, wow, this is really intriguing, and it's like, is you don't re- you know pa- past the first couple of scenes, it doesn't really. His performance is still great through it. But, yeah, and uh, it's, just and it's touch on that aspect, and it's so complementary to like the original movie because it's sort of like he becomes the Jesus figure in the movie you know what i mean so it's interesting yeah. like the scene yeah. where he says to robocop i forgive you right it's like a it's like oh this yeah. is kind of creepy and weird and interesting well I, I, you know he's he's a good parallel for the antichrist yeah when you think about it yeah you know? no i i 100 yeah. I, I, I think i and i think if they had i think adam's right that if they had explored that more it would have yeah, it would have given I, the movie a more centralized theme, but um, yeah, and to, and to meet Joe halfway, I mean, part of the reason I'm so frustrated and have all these criticisms is there's so many good things in this movie. I'm like, if this movie just had six more months in the oven, it could have been very close to the original RoboCop. Well, it would have been nice to have Verhoeven back too. What happened to him? He was doing Total he, Recall, and I don't think he oh. wanted to do. I don't think he wanted to do it. I, and I, I'm glad he made. Total, I'd rather have him do Total Recall than do Total yeah, Recall too. To be honest, that's well, that's well, not even a question. Really got great movies because I mean I so, love Total Recall. So this much. is a bit like The Exorcist, where there are two trilogies. There's the actual trilogy where you watch <laughs> RoboCop one, two, and three, and then there's like the Verhoeven trilogy where you watch <laughs> this, Total Recall, and Starship Troopers. Good and, point. Um, yeah. yeah. 
And so I think I think it's like there's like the spiritual trilogy and the literal trilogy. And yeah. you know, I would I would say the 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 spiritual trilogy is definitely better in my opinion. Um but I well, like this course, movie. Ev almost everything Verhoeven touched was gold. I love that guy. Showgirls? Yeah. Okay, well, he, he made a few steps. <laughs> it's funny. There's Look, a, Everybody there's... got AIDS and shit. That's all I got to say about Showgirls. Well, anyway, I, I haven't seen Showgirls in ages, but apparently... It's actual pro for the movie, so... No, but but, but apparently... <laughs> I saw it in the theater, so there's a, good for me. There's For I years, it was uh, sort of relegated to this was just a terrible movie, but there's kind of been a movement on YouTube to... To, to save showgirls yeah redeem yeah. it um i don't, I don't yeah I, it's no falling down i'm sorry like that's the thing like every <laughs> once in a while like a bad director will make something like falling down every once in a while a great director will make something like showgirls it just it happens yeah, yeah. guys sorry you can't it's it's not great <laughs> but uh but anyways i i bet but generally speaking i think you're right like he, he just is a very good director especially when he's doing stuff like robocop like that's uh yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's not like this was badly directed, but RoboCop is so well directed yeah. that you could really... Like I said, I, I would have liked this better if I hadn't just watched the original and it was just so fresh well, you know what's fine. You know what's interesting is the first, they do the... Both movies use the same device. They use those commercials to kind of give you a sense of the world. Uh -huh. And in the first movie, it feels really perfect it brings you into the world it's, it's integrated yeah yeah it's it, like the the sunblock it's like the sunblock's never brought up in the movie yeah. or the the car theft alarm thing where the guy gets electric it's all just, hysterical the car theft alarm thing yeah. is hysterical but the problem is robocop felt like a movie and to me this felt like a tv movie because those commercials whenever <laughs> they would intrude i felt like i was watching the movie on tv yeah. and, I, and yeah. I didn't have that effect with the the first movie yeah. Um, and so yeah, I, it's like you know, you have people using the you know, I'd buy that for a dollar catchphrase. I'd buy that for it was just not make a return in this movie, uh, exactly, which was a tragic error. Maybe maybe somebody trademarked that. Maybe they bought it for a dollar. That would be a unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. He did buy it for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> but. But yeah, so it feel it feels more clunky, I think, than the first movie for sure. Um, but I think this is also more of like a writer's movie than a director's movie, if that makes sense. It's kind of got like like you were saying, it's got Frank Miller all over it, and so it, well, it's got it's got multiple. I kind of looked at there's like all these multiple versions, and it's like uh, it's just got pieces of these different drafts. And the direct they bring in Erwin Kirshner at the last minute, They're like, can you shoot this for us? And he's like, uh, okay, let me get on that, boss. Yeah. Sign that paycheck, sir. I'll make exactly. it happen. But the other thing that was weird about this one, there was something really strange about this one, which was not in the first one. These are both movies set in the future. And the first movie feels like a gritty, near-future type movie, right? This one feels like it was set in the 80s or something. Because, <laughs> exactly. because they, they go into an arcade in the future, and it looks exactly like an arcade in the year that it was made. Yes. I mean? Which means that it was like a year late from when it came out. Do you know what I mean? So like, and, and it's not like we didn't know that graphics weren't going to get better back then. Do you know what I mean? Like we, like we were seeing how every time a new console came out, the graphics doubled in, in, in how good they oh, were. Oh yeah. You know, we, we definitely hit the peak of that right now. Like, yeah. We're trying so hard with virtual reality, but sorry. But then, 
So they have a scene where they're in the arcade where that happens. They have the art scene where they're in like the videos where they're still in the TVs and all that stuff. And the first movie has scenes like that. But in this one, you really see the equipment and you're like, wait a second. That's like that's like all outdated technology that these people are stealing from. This. Well, OK, but remember, they're in Detroit. So, of course, <laughs> yeah, but my point is think about the TVs for sale and the guns for sale in the first movie. Eventually, they, they bring in the futuristic stuff, but it's imported by the mega corporation to the third world country of Detroit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I simple. feel like the arcade was a, like I did not have that feel that jarring feeling watching the first one, even though they it's did the, sometimes gloss over clunky old technology. It They didn't linger it, it on goes, it. Yeah, huh? it goes beyond the arcade. I just there, there was like a feeling of some aesthetic to the future in the first one, whereas it felt like people were wearing just normal clothes from the 1990 yeah. a lot of the movie and, and yeah. like I, I feel like there was more of an attempt to kind of create a style of uh a time period in the first one but yeah. once again when you're rushing a movie like this you're not going to spend a huge amount of time on art direction so there you go so yeah. I, I don't know I, I feel like you can justify that by just saying this is we're still seeing detroit collapse in this one maybe it's collapsed a little further um that makes sense omnicore and that's also makes sense why the the big wigs and the old man get involved with it personally because this is the old man's pet project. Like he wants to oversee it personally because he's buying an entire city, like yeah. a, a unrivaled corporate acquisition that'll cement his name in the in the annals of history. Like of course he's getting personally involved. I don't know. I see. My feeling watching the first one is just that he's like this old school money guy, and it's like he never gets his hand dirty. His whole life he just has other people do things for him he's got this that old money whereas you know like dick jones is the the scrabble guy who fought his way up the corporate ladder and is uh is hungry and uh and it's like i feel like not getting his hands dirty is just like a core tenet of the he's old very man. he's very venal in this movie like i feel like in the in yeah. the first movie you don't get any sense of the sex drive from the guy but in this one that's all he's in a jacuzzi with the woman who's to do and he's easily tricked by her and you know just just a little you know one visit in the morning and they're in a jacuzzi together and she has what she wants and I, I mean, it works for this movie, but I do agree with you. The first in the first movie, that character wouldn't have done that because okay, that character character's, characters change. It's the theme. of Well, the they movie. do. They do. But I mean, I feel like I, I get what Adam's saying, whereas in the first movie, this guy was smart enough that he would not have fallen for that trick. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, he, he's seen, I'm sure he's seen it a million times. He, you know, Dick Jones wouldn't have even fallen for that trick. The other guy would have. Uh, what's his name? The uh, the guy that gets grenaded to death. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's how he dies. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. He he would have had that problem, but, but yeah. But the old man in the first movie, he he's above all that. He's kind of like a god figure, and and in well, this movie, in the first, they they never show him below the top floor in the first movie. And yeah. in this one, the first time they walk in on him, it's he's definitely not on the top floor anymore. He's way closer to earth. But so, I, yeah. but I think that they do need to do that for what they're trying to do because. You need you need him to say lines like this could be bad for OCP, right? Like when the <laughs> like get what did he say? Get our um, get our best spin get, team on this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those that I was really that amusing when he said that, and the guy delivered it perfectly. But it's a totally different character. I hundred percent agree with you, and it's also yeah. the Smithers guy is a totally different character in the in the first movie. He's the conscience of the company. He's the only person that shows any degree of humanity in in the company, right? And 
and he, you know, he's the one that feels bad a little bit when somebody gets killed. But in this one, he's completely at ease with all of the slimy things that the company has to do. Um, yeah. And that's so. that's the case where I will say I would I would buy Joel if Joel's about to make the argument, but people change. This guy's changed. I could I can see this guy potentially having changed to some extent and just becoming callous, but I just have a harder time with it with the uh Well, I think it's more that that the whole world has kind of changed at this point. Detroit is even more on the brink than it was in the first movie. Like the cops are still striking. <laughs> the masks are off. Well, I mean, like, there's a huge drug epidemic. There, there's a really dangerous new power player. Like, the criminals kind of worked for Omnicore in the first one. Here, they're their own force. Like, and they're to be reckoned with. Like, they're actually undermining things. So, like, eventually Omnicore, of course, comes out on top because they always do. It's the Omnicore way. Um, but... I, yeah. lo- I love the way that they do come on. I love that, like, he just throw Like, the, the way that, that, that he, he convinces the old man... To just throw the woman under the yeah, bus is that, perfect. That, I think that was the one scene where I felt like I felt like all the characters felt perfect to me relative to the first movie. I, I will say they nailed they nailed that scene there. That was perfect. And I, and I loved his reasoning. It was like you know, there's like a rogue employee that like you know, <laughs> is, you know, not not in doing things in keeping with the spirit of 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 OCP. And yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's great. Oh, oh, yeah. So. I I just really love this movie. I I, lo- I love that a lot of it kind of seems to take place on an operating table because they they don't manage <laughs> yeah. to shoot anyone to death really. Like Robocop can't really get shot to death, and and I they think they established that really well in this movie too. Um, I never felt like he was in any danger in the first movie. Really, they they tried to play up the big guns, but I don't know if they would have worked on him. Uh, mm-hmm. In this movie, they don't like this guy. Like RoboCop is basically invincible, and that's great. Yeah, like it takes them a while to get under his plating and tear him apart. Um, and the same thing with RoboCop too. Like they've got like every gun in the city train on this thing, and it's just indestructible. I love that. Like they've got to think of a clever way to beat it. You know, I love that. Um, I just I love that we get. A, I love the brain smashing, but I love before that where we just get to see the Chekhov's gun getting loaded where it's got his brain in the jar and his eyes are staring out and it's clear that we're seeing things from his perspective. It's a great body horror. I love, I love the CGI cane. Um, I know it's old clunky CGI, but they very made it old this and clunky CGI. It's animalistic like... monster thing. Um, I actually like that. They kind of degenerated him into this primal state. Cause he was such a yeah. cerebral character. You he know, was like a, he was almost like this hippie Jesus type criminal. Yeah, like and well, yeah. He, was, he was smart. He planned, and that's how he beat yeah. RoboCop. And, and only whenever his plans finally fell apart did he actually get you know critically injured and die, ish, die ish. But like when they put him in the robot, like he was just all just animal. Like there was no <laughs> higher brain function left, and it was yeah. great. Like he was kind of cunning, I guess, but he was just one hundred percent a monster, and I loved that that gulf there it was pretty horrifying like especially whenever um he's except that scene with his girlfriend where she's trying to seduce him even though he's a giant robot and he at some point like something just snaps in him mid-seduction because he realizes i guess that doesn't really matter to him anymore and he just just completely executes her and there's something so yeah that's a shocking bit of violence for me i was like that's actually horrifying that this they've turned this guy into this this nightmare thing well, um, I think he I think he must have realized that he couldn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, number one, he realized that she was lying. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, she's just placating him, yeah. um, you know, because he must have realized, well, 
how are we going to, because she said, I guess we can find a way to make it work or whatever. And then, and then he's like, wait, no, we can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. feeling steel. But I'm a brain that, wants that was an interesting. Also, that whole scene was interesting because I love the whole thing with the mayor coming in and making the deal with them. And the kid had this really ingenious idea, which is like, hey, if you if you like legalize this stuff, you'll clean up all the crime. Like this is yeah. the cause of the crime. You'll, you'll be known as the guy who just you know eliminated crime in Detroit. And I thought that was a really clever ploy. And it was interesting that him and the mayor were kind of on this course that looked like it was going to go somewhere. And then Kane just comes in and just blows it all to pieces. Omnicore always yeah. wins. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. Um, I really like that chase where he fights Kane for the last time uh, as, as human Kane. Um, I, I, you know what? Like, and I'll, I'll grant that the, uh, the, the commercials don't connect to the world as much. But they are still extremely entertaining. Yeah, the, the satire know. is very good. I think the satire is very good in this movie. I'm just kind of gushing about this movie right now. But I think it doesn't have as... I, I don't know that RoboCop ever had a lot of depth to it. And this movie does dare to have some depth sometimes. But I think it remains about as shallow as the first one. It's just there's more to it. It's a little too packed in. and a little well, I, would too say, I don't think the sh first one's shallow. I found the first one like extremely non-shallow myself. Really? What, what's, it's one of, what's, my favorite, one of my favorite movies. It's, no, it was beautifully designed. But I mean, like, aside from the, the theme of resurrection, which is a pretty strong one, what, what are we exploring in the first movie? It, it is legitimately just what it's about. Surface level, you get what you get. It's a man who dies and becomes a RoboCop. And then he shoots some other. No, but, it's about corporate culture, how corporate culture intersects with American government and crime. And I mean, it's just and about, I, it was just and about the, identity I, and about I mean, identity. It was just one of the first movies I saw. I'm like, oh, this oh, about, this movie's I'm actually telling, showing what how society works. Yeah, but I think the difference is that movie sticks with that one. The first one is so focused on the themes and ties them together. And this one has a, this one is just more messy. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, but I will say like this one has really poignant social satires like the scene in the boardroom where they're the reprogramming robocop and the woman's yeah. like you know with all that killing has he ever stopped to do anything nice for so it's just like i mean obviously yeah. i think they must have been that must have been pointed at political correctness and sort of the um well, what you, was it you know that they were finding reviews no, where it's getting bombed the and they're right, like the right wing was the anti-violent well no what i was going to gay is it's that but it was that inter it was the tipper gore <laughs> and the moral majority coming together it was that yeah it was that 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 sort of pro-censorship crowd that was you know, yeah. very prevalent in the yeah, 80s. I, I got to yeah. get annoyed when sequels, though, that they, they work in all this criticism of the first movie into the movie. I always feel like, eh, eh, eh. you're talking to the critics. So. I know, I know. But that wasn't criticizing the movie. That was criticizing the critics of the movie. Like, that was, you know, like, like it was obviously ridiculous that you should have RoboCop yeah policing yeah, cigarettes I mean, I guess you know, it is fine for robocop yeah. too but I got, I got to address the thing you know what's the symbolism you know and you're saying is it you know the first movie being deep i i think a lot of times symbolism isn't needed it's like for a movie to be deep i mean i feel yeah what used to drive me nuts in english class in high school was like tearing every book apart for symbolism it's like no it's saying what it's saying <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. i don't think i think I don't think everything needs to be clouded in symbolism. I think Ro RoboCop was 
in the the time it came out was really groundbreaking and being pretty honest about the way things worked in society. It's not it's science fiction that isn't about the future. It's science fiction saying, "Hey, this is exactly what's happening right now." Well, I, I do <laughs> so love it, the science fiction as an exaggerated parody of now. I think that's an underused genre. Uh, Judge yeah. Dredd does that pretty good too, for the record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the Stallone. I think one. I think what for me. <laughs> One thing that I realized about watching movies and watching and reading books and like what 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 qualifies for like a high level for me is mm-hmm. it really boils down to how moved I am by it. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how like and, and what I mean is just like, sure. am I like captivated? Do I feel like, oh, my God, this is get it. This is in, affecting me in some way. Yeah, I, I, I will say I think, RoboCop 1 yeah. gets that where RoboCop 2 kind of doesn't. Yeah. I will give and you I, that. And I think that sometimes what critics do and sometimes what academics do is they over-intellectualize these things, oh, like yeah, Adam yeah. is saying. And so they, they they mistake having like a lot of symbolism for being a great work of art. And it's like, no, it having a lot of symbolism means that it it gives people a lot to talk about in a lit one class or something. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that it has yeah. this powerful effect on people. Yeah, like, well, it's something you know, can connect with no symbolism whatsoever. It doesn't yeah. have to connect, and it doesn't have to connect with Western canon or any. You don't have to do that. You just have to yeah. make something that speaks to it's, people. It's no, also the thing that drove me crazy in, in English class was when we did like Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway, and you have to go through all the symbolism and how he's a Christ figure and blah blah blah. No, it's a critique of critics, and it's like mm-hmm. it's Ernest Hemingway. He's not engaging in that bullshit. He's writing a story about a guy fishing and how hard it is because Ernest Hemingway isn't. He isn't one of your people, English writers. I'm English teachers. Well, that's Sorry. the other thing. There's, there's like, a, there's kind of like a class thing that goes on. I think also, like, if just to bring it to music again, like you can, like, there's certain things that I'm, I'm familiar enough with music that I can make a bullshit argument for why something's good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. never, like, that doesn't replace like something like why Ode to Joy is so. You know, you can yeah. give it all the you can Just try to explain it as much today. as you want, but there's something much more fundamental about why it resonates with people. And yeah. So intellectual. If you're intellectualizing it, you're kind of misapprehending what it's meant for. You know, that yeah. Ode to Joy especially really speaks to your soul. The, you kind of mm-hmm. can't hear that without being moved by it. It's such a brilliant yeah. piece of writing, you know, a- absolute masterpiece of. And, and there's a lot of things that like a musician might notice. Do you know what I mean? But that doesn't take away from, do you know what I mean? Like the, like that's not as important as the reaction people are having to it. And it doesn't, and all those things people are noticing, those aren't necessarily things that Beethoven was even thinking about when he made it. You know what I mean? So like, I think that, uh, I mean, some of them are, but I just think that, I think sometimes we get too caught up in like the, yeah, the I, Baroque details of the thing mm-hmm. rather than the essence of the thing. That's exactly um, yeah. my point. Is yeah. it's just like I, I, you know, I don't know. Go ahead. No, I agree. Like the quote, the quote that really is where that connects back to the movie, though, because I think that the essence of RoboCop One is vastly superior. I don't think I could even try to make an argument otherwise. But here's the thing: the essence of this movie, such as it is, is in its little details. There's so many little things. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. That's that's where the schlockiness kind of matters. It's sort of like if you like the individual components, it's a really great glue that holds all these little tidbits together. I think. Yeah, my feeling though is this movie does try to do more than the original RoboCop, but I feel like the Robo original one tried to do less, and it nailed every single thing it did. Whereas this this is doing like twenty different things, and uh, that worked, and mm, that didn't quite work. 
and that did work. And it is I, I think it's totally, yeah. totally worth watching as a movie. I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, it's garbage, but uh, well, it, I think it just, it, it's just very flawed. I'll grant you that, but I never was pulled out of the movie tonally. I, I think oh. that maybe the, the, the most, the, the criticism that I find the most striking about it is that it doesn't have enough room to breathe. I think you're right. I think if this had a little longer to cook and maybe like, 15 minutes more runtime at the very most. I would say it's less runtime. This movie needs less runtime, in my opinion. I, I Honestly, I feel like you could have expanded some scenes. Like, if you would have allowed RoboCop to remain, like, crippled by programming for longer, that would have been nice. If we could have dwelled on his wife a little more in their relationship, that would have been really good. You know, like, there's a lot of things where, like, I feel like if you let that stuff breathe a little, give it another scene or two each, you get a much more satisfying and cohesive movie overall. Well, I don't know. I feel I feel like it might have just boiled down to the the the. I don't know. I don't know. I have to think. You could also cut some of it out. Like yeah, I mean, I, I think the rebuilding and then reprogramming and then the very next scene he breaks the programming. Like okay, you know what you should have done with that, right? You should have cut it. You should have had him. I you mean, know, have some rogue scientists rebuild him. I don't care. An hour you know? and fifty minutes is pretty long. Do you know what I mean? So like you, you, I mean, and I don't mind hour and 50 minute movies, but you need like a good reason to have movies that long. It, I think you um, could have a good reason for this. And you have a, you have an extremely compelling villain. Um, I, I, I honestly, another thing that they probably should have done with this one is maybe added a few more characters. I think you're right. If old man hadn't been getting his hands dirty, if there'd been some new hungry corporate go-getter climber guy, that would give that character a really good reason to find an edge case weirdo scientist so we can mm -hmm. make that big impression for his boss. Like you want a desperate character doing that, someone who's willing to take dumb chances. And I don't yeah. feel like the character they chose for it is the guy who takes dumb chances. So you wouldn't yeah. be over that. But like Yeah, I was it was odd seeing him in a jacuzzi. I will say that. Just something about him in a jacuzzi just was very it kind of got I like the Zen Garden it. thing they were doing with him. I thought that was kind of interesting, but the uh, you know, the, the jacuzzi was it was kind of off-putting, I thought, for that character. Um, just because I think of him as very asexual. Do you know well, I mean? he just doesn't seem like the kind yeah. of character who would invite someone into his 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 bath to, to like, have a business yeah. discussion. I feel like he's just, you know... That's... It was very if Montgomery he... Burns-y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but, yeah he, yeah, he would be somebody, if he did something like that, it would be where nobody else would know about it. You know, it just does seem like he would be a lot more cautious... In his yeah. dealings with people. Um, yeah. But again, he doesn't need to be that character for this movie. For this movie, he needs to be this guy. You know, rubbing his hands <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a so, different movie. Yeah. Yeah. Different uh, characters. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would personally say reduce the running time rather than lengthen. You could do because, it. You could, yeah. you could drop a bit out of this movie without really losing what made it great. Well, I like, I like the cop, but if you replace the cop material with Kane, I think you could probably get more interesting stuff do you know what i mean yeah, i don't know that we needed the squealer cop who got executed yeah. we could drop that yeah. um we could drop who, the who played out. him by the way who, who who was the actor who played oh. him i don't know well, any the fact actor. is i mean i mean to be honest brendan you could keep that character because the scenes with him are mainly with kane but they're not that's true they're, those that's are scenes true. with kane where you don't really get any more about kane it's like yeah, yeah. The, it's like if they if they'd had more I know more into his philosophy or what he was actually up to during those scenes. 
it would have uh, you could you could have had had well, both. Or if they at least explained some of the relationships going on, like how yeah. did this kid, like what was? Yeah, I know this kid that was okay. It's like yeah. okay, there's this kid, but like 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 just I, something I, I just as simple really as perplexed by that character yeah. the entire movie. I'm like. What, is this well, trying to make a point about something or what? Why are people, what's going well, on with him? All they would have had to have done was have him say something like when he was like, when he was like showing the kid, the guy getting mutilated and he's like, no, the kid stays. He could have said something like his dad would have wanted him to see this. Do you know what I mean? Something yeah, like that. Something. That yeah. Did out of relationship. Yeah. yeah. Well, but um, that's, and that the fact that it wasn't explained, that's a very Sin City thing. I don't know what Frank's obsession with that is, but he will find some really jarring element like that and just kind of plop it down the middle of the story and just be like, nope, that's how it is. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know I, Frank Miller stuff well enough. So that might be something. He hits really. that Discord note on purpose. So okay. I, I don't think that, I think that was intentional. Okay. Um, I, I mean, it does make the kid a lot harder to relate to because you I mean, don't it, really know what's going on with him. Exactly. I will say it's a very entertaining movie. It's not boring. It's, you know, it's a long movie, but I didn't, you know, you don't feel like, oh man, I need this movie to end or anything like that. Um, and that I like it and, it. and it explores a lot of things. I was very interested in like, oh, he's like, you know, trying to reconnect with his family type thing. You know, it just, it's just that it sort of does things like that. And then it's like, okay, we did that. Now we're introducing this other thing. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and that was what's sort of disruptive about it. Um, but again, that's the kind of movie it is. You know, it's, that's, this, it's, it's, this movie is like a delicious meal that is slightly undercooked. You know, yeah. It's like I like, but I do have a substantial complaint that it wasn't quite cooked all the way. Yeah, it's like it's like they took the best scenes from all the different drafts written by different people. They're like, ooh, that scene with Murphy confronting his wife was fantastic in this version about Murphy and reconciling with his family. Let's put that in there. But then they threw the rest of it away, and it's like, well, without. The rest yeah. of the meat around the scene, it feels weird. And I mm. wanted to know so much more about it. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah, the, I know that's. Like, I think my frustrations are not that. Well, this was just. It's not like when we reviewed uh, what was it, the unnameable, and it was just a terrible fucking yeah. movie. It's like <laughs> no, there's just so many good ideas I wanted more of in this movie. It's, and this uh, was also like nineties. 90s character actor city too it was like, like a oh, yeah. lot of yeah. faces that like i know that guy from this movie i know that guy from this movie yeah we had the guy uh, from gremlins 2 pop up in the, yeah. uh, the car commercial <laughs> and the guy the... from uh the guy that played the lawyer for the wife was um from i mean in a bunch of movies but i think wasn't he in exorcist 3 right wasn't that he was like the doctor yeah, or something yeah, yeah. you're right um yep. there's That's a lot of people that. like that um, yeah, the uh, woman in the suntan commercial, suntan lotion commercial. She was uh, Dear Tyree in Babylon Five. So there you go. I was trying oh, to dude, figure no. out. Who, I was trying to figure out who that was. I, was like, I know who that is. <laughs> I had okay. to look it up. I was yeah. like, it's driving me crazy. I had to pause the movie. Yeah. Who is that? That I, I have to say, that was the one commercial I really remembered for some reason, and I think because it was so ridiculous. It, like and like you said, it doesn't connect to anything in the movie, but I thought it yeah. was funny because I remember the ozone layer was such a big topic back then, and when that it was, came out, yeah, you know, it's like just apply a pint of this goop to your skin, <laughs> and then at the end of the commercial, it still causes skin cancer. I thought I thought yeah. that was hysterical. Um, yeah. That was funny. And and the and the car thing was great too. The car, I, I love the car one on so many levels because number one, just the cruelty of it, just like we're just gonna fry people who try to steal your car, but also 
the the recklessness of it like this is a machine this this car that the guy is sitting in and driving away in is designed to electrocute people to death and you're just driving in it like it's always going to work 100 percent fine if this car ever mistakes you for a burglar you're toast Um, i've never set my car alarm off by accident not once (laughs) worry it's not a mistake you'll live to regret and getting the guy from gremlins too that's like the perfect actor for that type of uh you know, I don't know which movie was done first, but uh, they were probably around the same time, I'm guessing. But that that, that was perfect. Yeah, I would have been um, too. I, I I forget the Gremlins two date, but very close. But yeah, I don't. I know. I mean, I I I will say this: it was a very easy watch. It wasn't. Yeah. You know, it wasn't difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I definitely had a lot of fun. Uh, but it's not the first movie. I think there's just no there's no comp- I can't. Yeah, well, it's hard compare. to compare something to a movie as legendary as RoboCop. Yeah. The, the yeah. fact is, RoboCop is damn near a perfect movie. Yeah. Like, if it's not the perfect movie in terms of what it's trying to do, it's got to be one of the top, like, three. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It, it is perfect. So so this being a, like, B-plus is still pretty impressive, you know, especially because it's trying to follow that show. Yeah, if this was just some random 80s science fiction movie not oh, yeah. connected to RoboCop yeah, in any way, yeah. I would be I'd be a lot kinder to it today. I I, I will confess it's it is the first movie really skewing my opinion on this. So. It's definitely it's it's a successful sequel, I think. Like I definitely would say it's 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 about as good as sequels could be at this time. Do you know what I mean? When you uh-huh. compare yeah. it to like like the well, only the I mean, obviously Predator 2, two. Is the big one. Well, here's the thing. A lot. Of, I don't like Terminator Two. Uh, you know, what? like I don't yeah, either. I, yeah, I mean, I'm I not a fan. Like, Terminator Two. I, I it ruins I, the first movie completely. Yeah, a hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. I, I. The first the, movie was a closed loop. It was perfect, and you broke it. <laughs> you know, here's what I'll say. I can I can enjoy watching Terminator Two. Do you know what I mean like it's well I'll watch it? It's 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 very entertaining. It's a good action movie. But I love the first the movie. The first movie has this perfect tone, and the Terminator Two doesn't just is nowhere. It's the complete opposite of that in in tone. And yeah, I and I I just don't understand why you would go from the tone of the first movie to the tone oh, of the second movie. It's a lot of it's Arnold Schwarzenegger was a big star by then and insisted we need a friendly, cuddly Terminator and all of that. So yeah, I know I get all that. Let's have and, buddies and, with a kid. But they could they could have still done a friendly terminator and had the same tone do you know what i mean like it, it, it i i just don't understand the shift in tone it's um, really just it, it just i mean it's like okay there was one terminator sent back he got defeated we know everything that happens it's the end of the movie oh wait no we, after skynet was destroyed it somehow sent a, a second yeah. more advanced terminator back and it's just like, what, what is even happening now? Nothing means anything in this franchise. And, we, and that's what we saw as the franchise goes forward. It gets stupider and yeah, stupider I, and stupider because the second movie broke everything. I mean, I again, I you know, I, 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 the, the, I think Terminator 2 can be entertaining on its own. I just I just thought that the first movie was so good. And then. What bothers me is people always talk about part two like it's a superior sequel to the first movie. And that's what I don't get. Like, I I have no problem saying, like, like RoboCop 2, it's an entertaining sequel. I just can't stand that people sully the memory of the first movie by 
trying to I, argue. I think you guys are not remembering some of the things of the first movie that we I just watched had. the first. I watched the first. I just movie. watched it. I, I I didn't just watch it, but about three the, years the, ago. Oh, the, Terminator you're talking about? Oh, really I, I mean, like, I I feel like maybe we should do these now because, like, okay. I think that this is more favorable comparison, and we seem to be on a kick. I'm happy to do the Terminator, but I want to hear before we go back and do that. What what you what your criticisms of the first movie would have been? I, I mean, like it's not like it's a bad movie or anything like that. It's just like I don't know. Uh, it doesn't quite have the emotional resonance for me as of the second movie, mostly because Sarah Connor what? has developed as a character. No, no, no. I, that's it. That's an insane. That's like like I I I I Sarah can't believe Connor I'm hearing this somewhere. But like she's she's like she's really developed extraordinarily well in the second one. She's carrying around this emotional baggage. She's just got this. And like the performance in the second one from the same actress is really impressive. I, I just really like that. Um, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say that they, they didn't develop her well. They did. They definitely developed her. But I think she was very much a realized character in the first movie. I don't think she was underrealized. I just don't think I was quite a. I don't know. I wasn't quite as intrigued. With I, I, it's kind of every, I'll say. every woman I mean, I, that wasn't as appealing to me personally. I mean, I that's was, a, that's a matter of taste, I guess, but. I will give you character development. They develop characters in the second one. But in yeah, terms okay. of emotion, like I had a much stronger emotional reaction to the first movie. The second one was like a comedy. The second one, the I didn't have an emotional reaction to that. I had a, you know, I, I, I had an adrenal, adrenaline reaction to it because it was an action movie that was, you know, kept me on my edge of my seat a bit. But I didn't have like any emotional reaction to the stuff. Well, the it's just the movie, same beats, too. It's like, okay, we're going to end the movie in a factory, and the Terminator's going to get destroyed in the factory, and it's just like, didn't, but, you, you just wanted to make the same movie with a bigger but budget? The, but the thing is, the bigger the budget make a big difference back then, too. Like, and I don't want to harp on that point too much, but like, you got to admit, the second one looks miles better than the first one. No, I like yeah, the man. look of the first one. That's the thing. It's gritty. It's, it looks like a 70s action. I like that look. Sure. Like I, I like the first Mad Max rather than the second one. So I'm probably I, like an outlier. You know what? I got so mad. I was, tr I tried to buy the first Mad Max. I'm like, Oh dude, I'm so excited. I haven't seen this movie since I was really young. And it was the second one. It was the road warrior. And I was like, Oh mm. damn it. I accidentally <laughs> bought the wrong movie. So now I got to go back and rent the other one. But the uh, thing is, the, is good though. I think, I mean, it's no, not, I, it's not, they're different movies than the original Mad Max, but I do like I, road. I no, I like it too. I'm just saying that, um, my taste tends to gravitate more towards that seventies vibe, which I think the Terminator kind of has. But my yeah. point was that the Terminator, the heart, the emotional heart of the Terminator is Kyle Reese goes through time because of a photograph. He saw of a woman that he yeah. falls in love with through the photograph. And it's like this perfect loop of a movie. Like you can't get any more perfect. Like Adam was, it's just something beautiful about that. And the, I don't know. And the, and the, the second movie is about, Arnold going back in time to become <laughs> friends with a kid. And yeah, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I, know now while you I, I, I love Arnold to death and that's just very like, entertaining, uh, but it's not moving in the way that the Kyle Reese, Sarah Connor storyline is moving. You, you know, like, and also all of the stuff about the development of Sarah Connor and the second one, that's all built on the emotional hill yeah. of, her, her driving off in the Jeep at the end of the first movie is the best emotional beat she ever got. That's it. That's like... That, but that's, but I, that's agree, I agree with Joel. I think we should do... I think we should 
negate RoboCop 3 because that basically didn't happen. <laughs> and, and, and we should we should watch Terminator as our, our next foray. Uh, this uh, is the strategy. We're just trying to get out of watching RoboCop 3. I, okay. I, I'm on board with this plan now. Here's the thing. I, I would agree with you, but I want you guys to appreciate RoboCop 2, so I'm going to force you to watch RoboCop 3. But that's... <laughs> but, that's but, but I've already that's expressed my admiration for RoboCop 2, so I feel like I should not have to... Look oh, at him wriggling out. Alone, so you're, you're just like, oh... Yeah, we'll put this podcast up with just. Is there okay? No, I Who in this room? Who in this room right now really wants to watch RoboCop three? You're not going to see any hands. I don't even. So why why subject ourselves to the misery? Terminator next. Yeah. All right. Right. Fine. But you have to. But then we'll. But we'll do Terminator two after that. Enormously better than RoboCop. I actually, I actually put Terminator on a few weeks ago because I was working on something, and I'm like, I was like, I want to put something on in the background, and I was like, I was flipping through things on streaming, so it's like, oh, Terminator, that's a movie I know I can just put on in the background to do some work, and I put it on, and I like did and not you, do. It. I, yeah, I, I, I only watched the first half hour because I was like, I've got to turn this off because, damn it, I need to need to get work done. I, yeah. I had only seen the first three Terminators, and so three years ago, when there was a new Terminator that came out about three oh, yeah, years ago, that. yeah, I decided to watch all of them in order. Ooh, um, ooh, and Adam's one hundred percent right. It's just it just gets stupider and stupider and stupider. Once, yeah, they, they they could have made a sequel if they really wanted to do the post Judgment Day stuff as the sequel or something along those lines. But they, breaking they breaking the time loop. Well, no, my point being that by creating this thing where it's like, oh, the, the Skynet can throw Terminators out as many Terminators as it wants, any time period it wants at any time. It was like, that just, that that was why, that's why the last movie, or I, I forget, there's been two stupid ones now that are really stupid. But there's been, I, a, you know, they just, there's they just been like three. There's, there's, I think there's been like, three. It's like, that's how you get to the point of like, oh, John Connor's dead now, and now there's this girl instead, and there's all... Well, there's one, know, there's one just, where John Connor's the bad guy, which I think was the peak stupid for me. I think that one's... Yeah. Dark uh, Fate? No, that was Genesis. That was the, I think that it was, was Genesis. Genesis... It had Queen of Dragons in it. The lady that played oh, Queen of Dragons was. Um, oh, right, right, right. That was Dark Fate. They, they just kind of like rebooted it, sort of, with Dark Fate. No, no, no. Genesis had a uh, had a uh, had uh, the Targaryen Daenerys in it, and she was yeah. not a good Sarah Connor. She was a no. very she was a very bad Sarah Connor. So sure. if you're gonna if they're gonna flip it the way they did, you need a really good Sarah Connor because you can have her do the Reese line, but it has to be like. Who's the lady that played Sarah Connor in the first two? Um, I'll be the Hamilton. Yeah, you have to have her or somebody like her delivering that line. And yeah, they, yeah kind of she, wasn't even, like a, she wasn't even yeah. really a very good Daenerys, so I, I yeah. feel like she's been really miscast for a long time. I mean, I, I enjoyed her as Daenerys, but I encountered Daenerys through the show, so maybe I would have a different opinion if I encountered her it's, in the book. She's okay in like the first season or two, but she does some... She isn't capable of the growth you need with Daenerys. I don't okay. think. I mean, I, I feel like she's really good at like you know comedic parts or mm. more romantic parts. She's good at those, but she isn't. She just isn't really yeah. action hero material. Yeah, the, the that that Terminator movie was god awful. It was it was yeah. absolutely terrible. The, the I actually, I didn't mind part three. Him. Part three actually I found kind of entertaining. Um, and I liked part that three does, part three does well, have its moments. Yeah, what I, I've what actually I, what never I, seen part three. 
Well, what I appreciate about the first three movies is they managed to get the same psychologist in each of the movies and the same actor who plays him. And he's kind of like, he's like the through line for the film. Like, obviously, <laughs> Arnold is too, but uh, but I but I appreciate that. Like, oh, they got the same actor in all three movies and he kind of helps with the plot. It, it, it was it was it was a nice touch. Um, that but, was a nice touch. But they did write Sarah Connor off in the third one, which kind of sucked. Um, you sort of have to. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like after the second one, you probably wanted to continue with Sarah Connor in that movie. But I, if I remember, the third one was Claire Danes, and um, I forget who the guy was. But Claire Danes played played a woman in the movie. I can't remember who her character was. Wasn't John Connor like a lazy hippie in that movie? Yeah, it was not a. I mean, yeah, John Connor. That guy's ever gonna well, save humanity is all. That's the other thing I can't stand about the Terminator movies is the most unlikable human being in the world. Like the most, he's like he like belongs in like a '90s slacker movie, and he somehow becomes the the savior of humanity. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. It, it, especially with a mom like Linda, like you would think with that as his mom, he's gonna he's gonna have something. But he's, you know. <laughs> He belongs in another movie franchise. So that's the other thing. I couldn't stand the kid in part two. That really turned me off to the movie. The, the kid kids super yeah, annoying. I didn't like Point the kid either. Thing. Oh, my God. And and also, I didn't find all the Asta La Vista stuff funny. I didn't like all that stuff, which is rubbing me the wrong way. Um, but yeah, we'll get like, to that. It's like him not getting it. It's like he's a robot that got sent back to California. They didn't just plug Spanish into him too. I mean, if he can speak English, why can't he speak Spanish? It yeah, just, that's, yeah, you would, you would think so. like, why, why, why? It just, There's just no way like the apocalypse was hard enough that no Mexican survived. I don't believe that. I know too many Mexicans, man. They, well, they, would, they, would, they would know that like that area of California has a lot of like, like Spanish is not an uncommon language to encounter in that area, right? Well, right. Um, what I mean is like, okay, so... Nuclear Armageddon, I could see that killing a lot of people. You know, giant killer monster robots, I could see that killing a lot of people. Uh, robots that look just like people, I could see that killing a lot of people. I don't think anything could ever really completely exterminate the Spanish language from the world, just because, again, I know too many Mexicans. That well, it's also not, it's yeah. also just like a widely spoken language. So, but I mean, well, Skynet, but, Skynet would have it in its database, basically. I yeah, think. that's. I mean, I would just say if they looked at the historical record, they would just know, like, oh, all of the place names are in Spanish. Maybe Spanish <laughs> is important to, to to California at that time. Um, it's a holy language. It's one of the first, like I moved there as a kid. One of the first things you notice is all of the names are in Spanish. You know, it's just like a, yeah. it, it's, it's a, it's Spanish is culturally relevant there. Um, you know, I, I didn't learn much Spanish, but I learned a little bit just by being there. Um, all right. So why don't we end here and we'll, uh, uh, we'll, I guess we'll pick up with Terminator. Uh, that's, uh, talk to ourselves. We spared you all. Robocop 3. <laughs> I, I Terminator is a great. I, I I could watch Terminator a million times, so I'm fine. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't yep. seen it in a long time, so I'm looking forward to this this wonderful '70s gritty tone you guys are selling me on. I I'm willing to be wrong about this, folks. Well, this what is I a, like is it's, it is a low it is a low budget movie. There's no yeah. getting past the fact that it was. James Cameron James Cameron being a special effects master is the only reason it looks as good as it does. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, and there's one scene in particular where it's like, this is real. Like, even when it came out, you were like, this is really bad special effects. Uh, when he's yeah. cutting his eye open. Yeah, yeah that's um, the one that always sticks yeah. out in my mind. I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, okay, that's just clear. But, 
but uh but what i like is it's a pre-arnold arnold movie so it's one of it's it's, yeah. it's one of a handful of movies where it's before he really became the character that he becomes and i like arnold yeah. movies but i think that uh sometimes seeing that in like conan is something refreshing about mm-hmm. that exactly uh, yeah and that's like so that goes back to my terminator 2 thing i'm like it's it's an arnie movie not a terminator yeah. movie which i like arnie movies a different thing so all right i'll let you sign off <laughs> okay all right so we'll we'll head out and we'll be back with terminator and then terminator 2 <laughs>